listening to a PK Olawale sermon. Prepare to be blessed. Chapter 2, 21 to 25. For to this you were called. Now please, who wrote this letter? Talk to me, church. Peter. To this you were called. Now please, whatever you people write, people write from experience. Please, that's one thing I need you to know. Anytime you read anything in scripture, sometimes you need to be mindful of the author. This is Peter. Now, I'm going to give you a bit synopsis about this guy. So, what he's writing to make some um, further meaning to you besides what you read. Because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example. So, he's saying the summary of what Jesus came to do what we saw in three and a half years of ministry is to leave us what? Talk to me. Leave us what? In John 13, the Bible says Jesus at some point in time with his disciples. He washed their feet. Now, th- that, that is some form of aberration in their culture. It is the Lord that should serve. But Jesus was showing them something different. Because you see, it's, how will I explain it? Can you imagine God washing the feet of man? Because all the, the humanity of Jesus sometimes blinds you to the fact that he's God. And I told you yesterday, I said, one of the reasons, in fact, the primary reason, 75% reason, why a lot of folks cannot experience Jesus beyond where they are is because all they have in their mind Hollywood church preaching blah 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 is the man Jesus seeing Jesus as far as they're concerned Jesus starts with being that boy born in a manger his pre-existence as God his deity his his being from when no time was seldom comes to our mind but brethren God did that for a reason for one reason to give us an example so the summary of that simply is this why God came to live in the flesh is to show man number one what is possible between man and God what is possible between what? Between man and God. Then what is possible for man to do on the earth for himself? There's a reason God created us and left us here on earth. He have created us and he joined angels in heaven. Our assignment is here for him. Extension of his kingdom. Stay with me. So he says, now he gives us an example so that we might do what? Read. Want to read? That you should. So why did Jesus come to give us an example? 
follow his steps. Now, you can't hold me guilty if you've not shown me what to do. I, I don't know about you. Um, parenting in Africa is different. Especially if you are from the western side of Nigeria. Our parents usually, their statements are never direct. It's always sarcastic. It's an indirect statement. If you like, don't wash the plates. <laughs> yeah, that, as far as they are concerned, that means wash the plates. If you like, everything is a threat. <laughs> and somehow, I grew up also telling my kids, if you like, don't come back early. <laughs> now, because that's the example I have. But it takes something inside of me to say, mm, no. But you see, I can't say no to that if I've not found something else. If I don't find a fault with that particular way of life, if it's working, I'll keep to it. Like someone say, you don't change the winning formula. So he says, the reason why he came, stay with me, is so that he might show us an example. I told you yesterday, everything that Jesus did, he did as man. Please, don't ever think the miracles Jesus did, he did as God. It will be an insult to God if that's all he can do. Insult. We keep forgetting, ladies and gentlemen, that God the Father did not create anything. God the Father did not create anything. And the fact that he's called God the Son does not mean he's subordinates to God the Father. He's the same person. The Trinity, the essence of the Trinity is for the purpose of redemption. Hear ye, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. The Bible says, in the beginning was the... Now, please, that also is confusing to a lot of people. Because as far as they're concerned, um, that seemed to buttress the fact that there was a time that Jesus had a start. No. The beginning there is not talking of a time frame. Now, you see, because we are talking of a time when there was no time. How do we explain that to you? Let me explain that further. Teaching this morning. One of the, one day I sat down, I, I was having a conversation with the Holy Spirit. I said, Lord, why, why don't you explain to us reasons why we shouldn't do things? One, the passage I've read the most in my life is John, is Matthew, sorry, Genesis chapter 1 to verse 3, to chapter 3. I said, if, can you imagine, I mean, I have a young son. And for some reason, I don't know whether it's a judgment on me, but he's what I used to be. <laughs> uh, yeah, a lot of you are blaming your kids. They, they got the gene from somewhere. <laughs> it is either from you or your wife, or it's from somewhere. It's from you. Yeah, their dad or their mom. It's not strange. So what you are seeing is yourself. Either the latent one that we didn't see or the one that the beating did not allow to manifest. So I, I said, Lord, why, why wouldn't you just explain to us why we shouldn't do things? If probably you have told these guys, Adam and his wife, the 
why they shouldn't eat. You know what he told them was, gave them instructions and he told them the consequence of doing it and the benefit of him not doing it. And that's all God tells us mostly in scripture. He doesn't give you the reason why. Then the Lord spoke to me some few days after. He says, let me give you two of the three reasons he gave me. Number one, he says, I don't want my relationship with man to be based on understanding. It must be based on trust. So if you have to understand it or do it, trust, the element of trust is defeated. Then number two reason he gave me was this. He says, if I'm to explain to her or to them why they shouldn't eat it, I will need to explain 4,000 years ahead. That means if you eat it, I will have to pick a man called Abraham. Abraham will birth a nation and they will go into captivity and eventually 4,000 then Jesus will then I will have to come in the flesh. Now these are the guys that don't understand a day ahead of them. You want to explain 4,000 years. How would they comprehend it? So a lot of times when we sit down sometimes, I'm not saying it's wrong to ask God, God, okay, could you explain this to me? There's a difference between questioning and asking questions. God responds to questions. He doesn't respond to questions. He doesn't like being questioned. Being questioned is an, on, is, um, it's simply means you don't trust him. Let me stop. The third one, I don't know whether we'll understand or not, but let me just leave it there. But brethren, he says here, all I need you to do is, okay, this is how I want you guys to live. Now, a lot of times, people, a lot of folks just think that Jesus is just some gentle guy. <laughs> Our understanding of Jesus is just some gentle guy. Anytime you greet him and, hey, Lord Jesus, how are you doing? Bless you. <laughs> you know, I would feel that spirituality is a demeanor. Oh, no. And we think that gentle people tend to be more godly. Error. Error. Wives can tell now, right? Error. No. It's got nothing to do with your temperament. It's a spiritual walk. So the example he's giving us is this. I'm taking you somewhere, please. Just three points this morning and we'll be done. I want us to pray for 30 minutes at least. So he says, um, times when, oh, uh, Jesus, you are eating with sinners. He said, the reason I came for sinners. So we are going to love gay people. Now I have your attention. We're going to love them. We're going to love criminals. <laughs> We're going to love witches. Because Jesus died for them. We're going to love people that, to so you and I, do you know a lot of us are still offended in your heart? You're offended that it was Bathsheba's 
son that succeeded David. You are still angry because you are holier than the God who put him there. And we see, we, we always think the ways of God should be some, we have this idea of what proper means, what holy means, what pure means. We got no clue. Now Jesus will go and eat with sinners. Then you will see the Pharisees, brood of vipers. You think we're saying it under his stone? Oh no, brood, all of you, brood of vipers. At another time, they came and told him what Herod had done. And that Herod is looking for him. He sent a message back to Herod. Tell that fox. Fox. So because we always have this other idea. Man, oh God. Jesus comes, you're blind. See. Nah. So please, leave out the idea in your head that culture had put there. And let's read scriptures. At another time, the same Pharisees, he called white sepulchers. He went to the house of one of them. <laughs> and that one also dealt with him. Simon treated him shabbily. Then one woman came, broke a Baxter box, anointed him, blah, blah, blah. Simon was now offended again. Can you imagine? I, and when I was reading, I said, Simon, it's not your fault. Atarongi, it's not your fault. If, if, can you imagine Jesus coming to your house? You didn't give him water. You didn't wash his feet. You didn't attend to him as a guest. He now shows up in your house. And the next thing is, you are now offended that somebody is treating him right. But Jesus wasn't angry. He said, Simon, Brother, the will of God is part time. The will of God is what? Part time. I'm taking you there. Because a lot of times we always feel that there's just this one disposition. And that's why He gave us the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is Him. Jesus said, I will come back to you. He came back in the person of the Holy Spirit to live in us so that every way He lived on earth, he can help us live that same way if we allow him. The difference this time is that he needs allowance. He needs you to say yes. Because a lot of times, I don't know about you, he will tell me to turn right. I want to go left. I, I go left. And he will lead me to what happens on the left side. Then I come back and I say, Lord, Lord, now you know I could be very stupid. <laughs> but brethren, by the time you are born twice, you know that God is not interested in controlling you. Oh no, he's interested in living his life through you. That we may follow his steps. Next verse, please. Keep going for you very quickly. Let's read this through. Who committed no sin, nor was the seed found in his mouth, who, when he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sin, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes we are healed. 
Second reading. God bless you. Thank you. Okay. For you were like sheep going astray, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your soul. Second Corinthians in chapter number five. Then I'll give you the three points, then we pray. Every time I look into your eye. For we know that if oh, that's chapter one. Okay, I didn't tell you the verse, sorry. <laughs> verse number 14. Second Corinthians 5 14. Second Corinthians 5 14. The Bible says, For the love of Christ compels us. Someone say I'm compelled. For the love of Christ compels us because we judge thus that if one died for all, then all died. Keep running. And he died for all that those who live should no longer should no longer live for themselves. Now, if you live for yourself, it simply means there's no way you live for yourself that you'll be able to follow in his steps. Not possible. Why? My ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. But for him who died for them and rose again, keep running. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. In other words, I can't judge you by the sin of the eyes. I should stop judging you by the hearing of the ears. He says, even though we know we have known Christ according to the flesh, in other words, even though we understand the man Jesus, the man born in the manger, man who was at the, at the, his life was at the mercy of his parents when he was a baby. And they had to take him out of Jerusalem because Herod was after his life. That same man that walked on the earth, we ate with him, we sat with him, we slept with him, we saw him do all sorts. The Bible says even though we've known him according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer god is calling you stop knowing the one you know in the flesh alone if you stay there brethren there is no way you walk in his steps we have an understanding that god came an understanding that he needed to reconcile us back to himself and there was no way back to him he had to come and be the way and that's why he took on flesh voluntarily and brethren the fact that there's a jesus we know the fact that there's a jesus that hollywood can show us the fact that there's a jesus that walked on this earth brethren does not remove the fact that he's god and even though he calls himself our our brother he calls himself our friend brethren he will never be our mate don't ever forget that he will never and forever be our mate he made himself our friend by choice by choice but brethren don't ever forget it is God that is still saying I'm your friend what privilege If people out there treat him anyhow, we know him better. We cannot. They only know him after the flesh. We don't. No longer do we know him after the flesh. We now know brethren. That's why brethren, Judaism has a problem with the fact that God came in the flesh. 
Islam has a problem with the fact that God came in the flesh. Every other person. See, God is not the problem. Jesus is the issue. Mention God anywhere. Nobody will shroud. Mention Jesus. Heads will turn. Why? Demons don't bow at the name of God. They don't bow at the name of the Holy Ghost. The only name that is given for them to bow, that Satan must obey, is the name Jesus is the issue. Why? They don't they, they say, Well, he came, but he was just a prophet. If that's where our own faith still stands, we are, we are it is a miserable relationship that all we know is Jesus in the flesh. Ah, uh, and even though we have known him according to the flesh yet no more next verse therefore following for what I've just said earlier Paul says if anyone is in Christ is a new all things and behold from in the light of what we read preceding this verse what is part of the old things we knowing him it's not just your sins we knowing in the flesh is all he does is miracles signs his wonders which any man can do Raising the dead, he showed us an example. Walking on water, he showed us an example. Don't go and do it if he has not told you to do it. <laughs> no, some people, when they did it in South Korea, some young folks, they died. Yeah, many years ago, Young Show's ministry. They didn't understand the difference between the revealed word and the written word. For us to do that, brethren, Jesus had an issue. Before I, let me not talk about the issue. Let me tell you about how he showed us some examples. One clear one is when he, he, he was about to die. Gethsemane. So he was there in Gethsemane and he was praying. He says, Father, let this cup pass over me if it's your will let it run over and guess what brethren <laughs> I used to think may the Holy Spirit teach you that's a huge prayer may the Holy Spirit teach you I used to think his humanity took over and Jesus was struggling but that wasn't really what happened Jesus called Peter, James, and John. Now, you notice that it's only those three that he had revealed his divinity to. When he got transfigured in Matthew 17, they saw him as God. For the first time, they saw Elijah and Moses discussing with him. They experienced a glory dimension that was beyond the flesh. 
he called those three folks to show them an example when he was going through and there was pressure on him he said come and pray with me now their prayer were not going to help I used to think sincerely Jesus needed support brother no from the time he decided he was going to leave heaven and take on flesh he had already committed himself to death there was no reversal see that's why the lamp of God had been slain from the foundations of the earth what he simply came to do is just to now manifest what had already been done so that man can resonate with it and we can hold on to that this was what he did he simply thank you so much man you are in the spirit God in heaven we answer your prayers can we put your hands together for this woman of God hallelujah you see, it's, oh, you see the prayer always goes to somebody that did something about it. all of you were feeling the same thing some of you were new that this place is getting too chilly but nobody did anything but the person that that's why the Holy Ghost will walk with people that go <laughs> and, and that's what they did they kept waiting <laughs> God bless you man. I, I'm just messing now listen carefully they were going to go through their own pain very soon after he leaves so he needed to show them what should be your disposition towards such trouble that's why he called them close but they were sleeping he said I don't need you to sleep now he wasn't needing their prayers your own is about to come let me show you what you should be doing when you are faced with such situations don't blame because you see it was easy for jesus to now leave the responsibility of death and say look at these friends i've trusted and that's what we do so it's easy for us to exactly we leave out the core purpose for the situation which is god wanting to kill you we now say you are the reason why things are not working well can, can you just i've been with you labored over you i've I've, I've, I've been there for you three and a half years and this is how you pay me back they will now leave the purpose good distraction so that God will keep the debt till another day Anna, whenever you are faced with such pressures I'm showing an example don't go to your neighbors don't wail and cry Go to God. No man can help you. No man of God can help you. No woman of God can help you. No enemy of God can help you. Go to God. And when you get there, don't impose your will on his own. That's why he kept praying loud. Lord, I have a desire in this matter. But Lord, I don't know what you want from me, but all I want is your will. If your will is for me to go through this, not, I mean, I see a lot of folks, they want to get married. Um, 
So, <laughs> they bring a list for spiritual Googling. <laughs> Shade, Lade, Tade. <laughs> Three of them. <laughs> I said, Pastor, which one? <laughs> I said, has this thing become lottery? Do you know when God speaks the most? When you don't have an option. When you already you bring three lists. Say, Lord, Shade, Lade, Tade. Lord, which one of them? All you hear is all of the above. <laughs> Shade is good. Lade is spiritual. Tade has a great future. The real prayer is the Lord. What do you want for me? So you see, you see a lot of relationships struggle sometimes. That was for some, not all. So I go, go, I'm saying, I knew we're not God's will for me. PKD say that. But I'm talking of those that married as believers. Sister came, complained so much. The man is subjecting her to horror. You will, you will flip if I tell you some of the things he's taking her through. And I said, when she was telling me all this, Bola and I were crying. That was amplified version. I've heard a lot in my life. That was something else. I said, but man, the Lord told you not to marry him. The Lord says I have to tell him that he told her five times. And he told me the different times he showed her. I said, this is the first time. This is a, you were so, so and so pleased. Five different times he told you not to. And I mean, the weeping went to another level for both of us. Okay, Lord, we've made a mess. We're not knocking on the door of covenant now. We're knocking on the door of mercy. Three things Jesus' example he gave us, which he wants me to share with you this morning. I'll say that in 15 minutes, then we'll pray. And please write them down. Number one, the example he gave us is to be responsible. Be responsible. Be responsible. I was, I was in a study once, not too long ago, and there was a gap in that study. I really needed the Holy Spirit to help me fill the space. Days went, weeks went, I couldn't leave that space and I wasn't getting an answer. The answer came once as a whisper. And, and all I heard was wherever there are benefits, there must be responsibility. And that was it for me. Wherever there are benefits, there must be responsibility. You can't separate benefits from responsibility. A lot of us want benefits from God without responsibility. 
And that's why demons show up. They are the ones that offer you benefits without responsibility because all they are after is your soul. All they're after is your soul. Jesus showed us what it means to be responsible. He said, my father is walking and I walk. Walker. Jesus showed us what it means to walk. Jesus showed us commitment to father's walk. At the time they said, sir, aren't you going to eat? He said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish it. Jesus showed us that, brethren, we are not to sleep seven nights a week. <laughs> the Bible says at other times, he will go pray all night alone. Because the truth now is, until we get into corporate prayers, personal, corporate prayer is not a problem. We love it. But personal prayer is a problem. But it never used to be until comfort came. You know what I'm talking about. It never used to be. This same you, you stand alone at night, you pray. Three, four hours, you are wrestling with God. Now, our excuse is walk. Is it his fault that he has blessed us? That's our excuse now. Work. Kids. Can you imagine Anna telling God, God, hey Lord, God, you know, I've been to Shiloh many times, but Lord, this year I can't go. Who will help me take care of these kids? That's why God is not too much in a hurry to do some things for us. Do you see, he has an eternal view of things. You don't know where, you don't know how you are going to respond to that blessing. Already looking at you, like I know how you respond. You know, there are some folks, brethren, it's like walking in church, they are doing the pastor a favor. You're a terrorist. <laughs> oh no, he showed that example. Brethren, Jesus was too glad. I was 17. I was in the university, everyone knew me as an evangelist in school. Every, you can't be in my school without knowing me. Preaching bosses, preach everywhere. Sometimes I'll just put things together. I'll stand on it with my megaphone. Nobody stops you in that place. I love those times. Still want to go back to those times. But now we have to use WhatsApp. Oh, that's where we are now. But I love the feel of megaphone. Who knows what I'm talking about? Oh, I love the feel of megaphone. <laughs> One day I finished, I went following up one of my converts who had just given a heart to Jesus. Returned to my room. I was on my knees. I wanted to pray before my lecture. So while I was praying, I fell into a trance. In the trance, I was on a journey. True life story. I was on a journey. And I was going on a, a narrow path. I was so excited. There were a lot of troubles, tribulation on the way. I had to climb stuff. But it was a very narrow road. But in spite of all the trouble, I was so happy. And I felt privileged to be on that road. 
I can't explain it beyond that. Eventually, I now got to a space where I was now to go further. But somehow, I found my feet. I couldn't, like, it was as though my feet were stuck. I couldn't move anymore. And brethren, I began to cry. I tried moving. I couldn't move. I've been moving freely since, like running, jumping, hopping. I mean, I got to that point and it was, I couldn't move. I began to cry. Oh, brethren, I willed. The kind of cry you can't cry naturally. Little did I know that I was also wailing physically and everybody around me were wondering what was going on. I was wailing. It turns you are half in, half out. And brethren, suddenly I saw a man by my side in that vision. And I asked the man, I said, sir, why can't I go further? He said, to move to where, move further from here. You need this. He pointed to the grass. The grass there was very interesting. It kind of breathes, like breathe. <laughs> so he pointed to the grass, and these posters came off the grass, popped up differently. And all of them were talking about dying to self. I will never forget it in my life. For you to get into another realm with God. You got to die to sell. So, so I told him, I said, help me. Brethren, you can't, you can't imagine that cry. I don't think I'm capable of it naturally. Came back to my senses. Obviously, I didn't go to lectures for three days. Locked myself in. So, Lord, whatever you need to kill, kill. But that experience, I'm not going to have again in my life. Whatever you need to do, do. That was the day we sorted out a lot of things with God. Now, what am I saying? That was the day that my desire to be professor of mathematical economics died. It's there. And I told God, anything you want, I'll marry who you want me to marry. I have no choice in anything again. Whatever you pick is good. That was the day life started for me. God always gets us to such corners. Jesus got there and all he says is, Lord, anything you want is fine. See, when you have workers that need to tell you where they should serve, it's good. I mean, you should know your calling by now. But you see, brother, are you sure that's God's will for you for now? I told you, God's will is power. I, I was 16 when God showed me I'll be traveling all over the world. So you can imagine when I, I joined church and he, my leader said you should go to drama group. I'll tell the guy, man, if only you know you're speaking to an apostle of the most I got. Brethren, drama group was it. Served, made lifelong friends with my whole heart. Brethren, drama group was it. But brethren, drama group now became, the record is still in school. 
will be acting drama. Demons are crying out. Of their own accord. Nobody's laying hands on anybody. We're acting drama once in Oka. Demons, people were doing deliverance in Enugu. And the demons were telling them about what's going on in Oka. That you go and stop those idiots. That they are disturbing us. See, brother, because it's not when Jesus showed us an example. I could be very mischievous. Let me tell you one thing I did. And don't bother. God has forgiven me, okay? While I was pastoring, a young man came. You know, Bible College sent us, uh, what do you call it now? Attaches, or what, what, I can't remember. Student pastors. So the guy came for his internship. He was going to be with me for three months. That said, they usually send us a lot. Usually like seven, eight, ten. But he was different. Now, what, I, what they do is, the moment you resume, first place I send all of you is evangelism. I don't care your call. From evangelism, you might move to sanitation. Oh, yeah. Then, depending on how I am moved, whether by the spirit or my emotions, I don't know. You might stay in sanitation for a long time. But, brother, you need to understand now, if you have committed your life to God, no leader can mess you up. You need to understand that. So I know, brethren, not because of him, but by virtue of my relationship with God. You can't put me where he doesn't have me. So if he tells me, go under the bridge, under the bridge is it. So this guy came and said, um, he came to say, sir, I want to see you. He said, okay, young man, what's up? And he said, sir, um, thank you for the opportunity to, but I feel, I feel I'm not being utilized. <laughs> you know, you're not being utilized. I said, ah. He said, um, he said, there's a lot of grace of God in my life. I said, I, said, I can see that. <laughs> and indeed, there is. Truthfully, there is. God's hand is on him in an abnormal way. But you see, such people have to learn that you don't advertise God. God is the one that advertises you. Oh, yeah. I've been there too. So I understand those rough edges. So, and I said, okay, what's, what's your area of special, speciality? You know, yeah. So he said, God uses him a lot in the area of deliverance. I said, well noted. <laughs> The church we do fasting and prayer three times a year. I think it was the second one, middle of the year, June. Um, we pray in the morning and pray in the evening. 4 a.m. in the morning, 6 p.m. in the evening. Now, I usually start it on the 1st. I end it on the 30th. The ministers do a roster and everyone fills in the space in between. So, it was the final day and I was to take the last night. I was praying in the morning and I had a vision. In the vision, I saw we're in church, and right in the middle, I knew exactly where that place was in, the, in church. I saw a lady. People were praying. A lady had a kind of a bag, the type you strap around your waist, and she had pebbles. So I saw her while everyone was praying, busy praying, brethren. People were praying. She would take her pebble and throw on people, and whoever <laughs> the pebble touches. Moves from father in 
to start sleeping. But the beauty of it was this. If the person who has suddenly gone asleep comes in contact with another person who is praying, she comes alive or she comes alive again. But she didn't stop. She kept throwing the pebbles and pebbles. And I kept seeing it. So I said, Lord, what's going on here? The Lord didn't tell me anything. I just prayed a generic prayer. Got to my office some few hours before prayer time. I was in prayer again before I go up to the pulpit. And brethren, this vision came back again exactly. So I immediately got up my knees. It wasn't time for me to go in yet. I went in. Where the girl was, dress she wore, everything around her was exactly as I, the Lord showed me in the vision. I saw her. I noted it. So I took the microphone. First thing I said that night was, please, if you are not here for prayers, leave. If you are not here to pray, just leave. We had about 2,000 people in the hall. Said, I will sing a song. Huh? Just dance towards the door <laughs> and leave. She didn't leave. One day, second time. Please, I don't know who sent you. But the people that sent you that can't come themselves, they know why they sent you. It's because you don't know what you are doing. If you are not here for prayers and you are here to disturb prayers, get out. It's not every place you can go to disturb prayers. Get out. She didn't. I said, no problem. So we began to pray. I left it and started leading prayers. Barely had we prayed for 10 minutes. She went bonkers. She went mad. Let her sit. Started. Usher went to grab her. Ass. They thought it was deliverance. I said, This is not deliverance. I said, Leave her. She ran forward. Help my leg, please. I will go. Yeah, it's too late. Too? Too late. Now, that is a witch that God is judging. That's not a deliverance case. But I remember my brother. The man, the man of God. So I immediately called him. Till tomorrow, my wife says, I'm a wicked. She said, You are very wicked. I called him. I said, Man of God. I told you, God had forgiven me, okay? Because I knew nothing would come out of it. Okay? <laughs> that's the impression. It's not, you can't cast out any demon. This is not a demon matter. But he, he rolled up his sleeves. White shirt. I will not forget. He just came back from work. Took the lady. They went to the prayer room. We finished prayers. Went to the office. The head of the prayer band came and told me, I said, sir, that girl is beating up. <laughs> That girl is beating up the guy, man of God, upstairs. I said, man of God? <laughs> she said, no, 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 no. By the time I saw him, he had one shoe on. <laughs> I don't know where the second. I'm telling you the Jesus truth. White had turned brown. Girl had beat him several places. He said, sir. I said, man of God, what, what happened? <laughs> he said, the girl wasn't cooperating. Oh. He remained in evangelism till he left. <laughs> but little did he know that even though he had a pastoral call, God wanted him to start as an evangelist.
he became one of the surest soul winners we had one month to the end of his program. Now, my saying, brethren, be responsible. God will never give you anything that you cannot be responsible for. That includes money, if it is coming from God. Some of us are too wasteful to be rich. Too wasteful to be rich. I'm telling you, some of us are too wasteful to be rich. I think it was Baba George. We were talking one day and he said, he asked the Lord, Lord, why haven't you transferred wealth from unbelievers to your children, as you have said? And he said, God told him that if I transfer the wealth, what the unbelievers spend it on is what these children will spend it on. If there must be a transfer, there must be a change of purpose. We're too wasteful for God to prosper. Why you even want the wealth is not in accordance to his will. Some of us are too inserious, too unforgiving to be anointed. If God anoints you and gives you the realm of authority he wants us to walk in, your spouse will be the first person that will die. Oh yeah. That's why he needs to remove you from you before he can trust you with anything. Better be responsible. Show us an example. Jesus was diligent. Jesus was diligent. He didn't pick a job based on pay. He picked a job first of all for having known where God wants him to be. A job will not take him out of God's counsel. He told his disciples, he says, don't go and preach to the Gentiles. No. This is the nucleus for now. Go to the lost of the house of Israel. Brethren, if God were to pay you the way you have handled his service, because we think your work is more than what we do for him. Let me explain this to you, brother and sister. Please hear me well. And hear me good. God did not create Adam to walk to eat. Adam was eating to walk. I take that again. God did not create Adam to walk to eat. Adam was eating to walk. God will give you everything you need to do what he wants you to do. Don't now allow resources he gives you for his service to be the reason why you live. One young man, one of my mentees in, in the U.S., young man, he, then he was in his 20s, finished from the university. This guy is amazing in IT, computers. Before, he was in his third year when he got jobs with the 4500 companies in the U.S. 
the IT companies. In his final year, he did interns, he interned with some of them. While was, before his final year, he had four jobs waiting. All of them, six figures. Then suddenly, in the midst of it, one guy met him and they had a discussion. And the guy was having, was doing to do a startup, which means it's a new business. It's an IT firm, but they were starting out. So the guy gave him an offer. He said, could you come and join us? We can't pay you, but we'll give you equity in the business. You, you, you and I will sit down because there are responsibilities. We look at the one that is most paying. The one that has the best potential for development. And we stay there. But I didn't train them to be that. Go and ask. What God wants. So he went fasting and praying. Just to know. Can you imagine fasting and praying to know, Lord, which one? And God said, go to the startup. The take-home pay of the startup couldn't take him home. For almost eight months, he was squatting with his friend. He was earning less than 20% of what others offered him. But this life is not yours. Twenty-two months down the line, the startup was bought by one of the big companies. The guy slept, woke up the next morning, became a millionaire. U.S. dollars. He single-handedly paid for the building of his, the church of his, their church. Single-handedly. It wasn't thirty yet. The equity they gave him made him a millionaire in 24 hours. So when you're in your 20s and you, are, you have almost 30 million dollars, where do you start? But guess what? He went back to God and said, Lord, you know I don't need this much money. What's your purpose for this? Brother, working with God is simple. But for us, it's job that determines where you live where you serve the church you attend what God wants you to do it is our job that determines it brethren that is the lowest of the lowest of this Christian work it's cheap I won't get too much from it life will be in a cycle will be like those that were in the wilderness God will keep supplying eh? there will be miracles our shoe will not grow old. Our team will not tear. People of other nations will envy us. But his will is not being done. What does it mean to be responsible? It means two things. There are things you must do and there are things you cannot do. Genesis 2.9 The Bible says and God Genesis 2.9 I'm done. And out of the ground, the Lord God made every tree to grow that is pleasant to the side. The tree of life and blah, blah, blah. And the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Can you jump up to verse... No, no. Go to verse number 14 now. 
Okay, 15, thank you. And the Lord God took the man he had put, and put him in the garden to tend and keep it. There are things you must do. Brethren, you must work for God. You must serve God with every ounce and outer of strength. Let me explain this to you. The truth of it is this. If God opens your eyes to see your scale of responsibility, the things he wanted you to do and what you've done so far, you will likely resign. I am telling you the Jesus truth. And that goes for all of us. There's a labor that has rewards on earth. There's a one that rewards you on earth and gives you a seat of honor in eternity. It also means there are some things you can't do. Verse number 16. And the Lord commanded. What are the things you should do? And what are the things you must not do? Brethren, true Christian life lives at the realm of expediency, not lawfulness. We live at the realm of what? Expediency, not lawfulness. All things are, all things are not expedient. Don't eat of this tree. There's some things we can do. It just compromises your authority. Some places we can't go. Some of you, the way you respond to some dirty things they send to you on WhatsApp, how can you convince the other person? Somebody sends something that is sexual and you find that funny. And you believe that you want to minister to that same person tomorrow. Sin can never be funny. He put Jesus on the cross. Ah, pastor. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what's wrong with me. It's only married men that chase me. So I asked her, <laughs> if married men are the only one chasing you, so which means you have made yourself chaseable to married men. Somebody's commenting about your waist and you're laughing. You should slap the person. Let the person have concussion. No, it's, it's that's where. See, there's, there's some things you can't do. Somebody's commenting about your waist. Yeah, thank you. I will slap you myself. There's some things you can't do. That's what it means to be responsible. Why do you behave right in front of your kids? You are being? Thank God they don't know your secret life. And some of them are finding it difficult to serve your Jesus because they know some things you don't want them to know. They know your irresponsibility. Like we tell you, go and read your book. He has never seen you read before. Don't forget this life. I've shown you an example that you should walk in my 
Why example? You've never read before. If you don't read your book, Bible you don't read. But you can watch TV. So you are not angry that all they do is watch TV. I've, what you are simply telling them is, kids, I'm showing you an example that you should walk in my steps. Irresponsibly. A lot of what you call, what I see in kids these days, I tell folks, don't blame them. They're a product of parental failure. Stop beating your sister. Blah, 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 blah. But they see how you talk to your wife. Oh, they see how you talk to your wife, sir. They were there the last time you were yelling on him. He's now yelling on his sister. Because he feels guy. guys should yell on ladies. And you're saying, Pastor, please, I don't know what this child is becoming. It's you that need deliverance, sir. You. And ma, your daughter just talks to guys. Say, how? Because they see how your mouth runs over, pressed, running, that you put in the bosom of your husband. They see the treatment. You don't treat him as your king. He doesn't treat you as the queen. They see it. And some of them are already disillusioned about marriage. And it's not from what they see on TV. They live with one. You know, we have, we are a Christian community, we are a Christian family. We serve Jesus here. You don't, family time. Ma, you've not sat with the kids in a long time to do Bible study. And you expect them to, from somewhere, become godly. From somewhere, yes, like one hour Sunday service. That's enough for them to become godly. Church is not there to raise your kids though. In case you don't know. God did not raise the church to raise your kids. So stood up and they attend church. I hate that phrase. And they attend church. And they attend church. They need to attend you. Church doesn't live with them. I've shown you an example that you should walk in my steps. Number two, be an ally of God. In other words, hate what God hates and love what he loves. You know, a lot of us don't hate. Please, when I say hate sin, not the sinner. We are to love sinners. But I would never agree that marriage is between a man and a man. But I love sinners. I've led quite a number of them to Jesus. Some of them are still in the relationship. Don't worry. When you get to the point, the Holy Ghost will let you know what to do. Don't hate anybody. You have no right to.
Oh, pastor, if you understand this racism, racism. Somebody sat down one day and said racism. And I said, ma, but I know you in Nigeria. Your house cannot sit on the same chair you sit on. This you, talking racism now. That's the same person that has the same donation with you. You call her herself. She doesn't eat from the same pot of soup that you. How dare you talk about racism? How dare you? It is you. Talk. By the time I finished with her, I said, Ma, please, don't make God look foolish. There's a log in our eye. You are looking at someone as a speck. You're already teaching your children that some people are low-lifers. I don't want you hanging around with those people. Not because they don't log up, but they're they are not in our social standing. You have problems, though. And you now say those girls, kids grow up, they're snobbish. I don't know about you, please. If you are here, and what you see of yourself today is a miracle from God. Can I see your hand? I am number one. We all came from somewhere. Myself and my cousin went back to the place we were born. We asked ourselves, how did we survive here? The people you call Lolavas today, they might be the people that will employ your kids tomorrow. You don't. And if it's not that, do you know generally African men feel superior to women? See, men are talking. <laughs> brother no he showed us an example we are an ally of God are there areas where I struggle yes all I keep saying Lord this thing should not be here so I need you to really help me and that's all he just needs your sincerity Lord I, sh I shouldn't be because when I hear that oh they've just killed another person I'm going why will human beings do this? Brethren, that's what human beings do. And Jesus loved those human beings that do it. His love for them has not changed. Paul said something. He said, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, yet not I, but Christ that lives in me. If you, if you just read that passage, you don't understand why he said so. Paul was facing a racial issue. If you read from verse 9, he said Peter came to the Gentiles. When, before people came from Jerusalem, Peter sat down with the Gentiles and he ate. But the moment the elders came from Jerusalem, he separated himself. Peter became racist. Paul confronted him, sir. You are racist. How come your Jewish heritage is more important than the work Jesus did on the cross? He, he was so disappointed. He said, even Barnabas, who mentored him, almost fell for it. He now said, until you are crucified with Christ. So which means, the Peter, whose shadow was raising, <laughs> was still racist. But God was using him. 
<laughs> Do you know why? God knew he would grow out of it. So the people who are the reason for which you are in bitterness today, <laughs> God will keep helping them, blessing them. Because he has an eternal perspective of things. They will, he knew that at so, so and so time, they are going to grow out of it. That's why he won't answer your curses over them. Oh no. God's ways are not are different, ma. I led one witch to Christ. She confessed publicly that she had done a lot of damage. That's back in Africa. But this one got born again. And I told others in our group, any of you that try to take her out, if you don't go, Jesus is not on the throne. Some tried, they went. But brother, do you know, this lady just specialized in killing kids. <laughs> but do you know why Jesus will keep her? Today, that lady had led some people to Jesus that none of us can. God knew. Don't forget, he's all knowing. She'll be useful. So all the people that were praying for her to die at that time, he won't answer them. Can you imagine if Saul had died? When he was persecuting the Christians, Jesus! We plead blood. You are consuming fire. Father, we have lost Christians in Jerusalem. Our brethren have died. Widows. Blah, blah, blah. Book Arise, O oh Lord, let your enemies be scattered. If Saul had been scattered, 13 books of the Bible would be missing. But he knew. Why don't you just stay where God is? Because there's a lot of things he knows you don't know. A lady came and said, Pastor, this lady is the reason why my husband has left home. God must judge her. I said, let's ask God what he wants to do with her. We have no right. One day, one man in Nigeria sat on a farm. One project I was doing, sat on it, said he will not move anywhere. I was patient. For two years, man of God, I kept going to him, laughing at him, loving him. He now, this, the last straw that broke the camera's back, he now cancelled the project. Got the commissioner to sign off on it that it was closed. He said, no problem. Today, I told myself, you know who I am. I went, left the police office, went straight to my prayer room. For the first time in my life, I'm going to destroy someone's life. I knew I, knew I had the authority to do so. It's easy to destroy. Building is one that's hard. I go and ask Elijah. When he said there will be no rain, just one statement. But to bring up rain, go to a mountain, put your head in the middle. It's very hard to build. <laughs> to destroy, very easy. And brother, when I got there, the Holy Spirit told me, he said, I didn't raise you up that way. 
So the fact that he interrupted me was, I, did, I even felt bad. Somebody has to say, why don't you bless him? Bless who? <laughs> so I told him sincerely, I said, Lord, you know, I, I can't do that now, except you help me. Because left to me, this guy will go. He won't die. He will be in Lagos. They won't find him. So after about 40 minutes, he, he helped me remove the bitterness in my heart. I prayed for him. Almost an hour. Barely have I got up my knees. He called. The same guy. Called. He said, ah, that, oh, that they told me I'm a man of God. I should have told him that, that I should come back that the, the Englishman that did the pencil is also the one that invented the razor. We'll fix this thing. He became my good friend. He's an imam. He became my good friend. When he became palm sec, he said he will not sit on his seat until I come to sanctify his office. The guy is an imam, which means he's a clergy. Be an ally of God. Finally, number three. Being the center of God's will. Be in the center of God's will for your life. His will for you, sir, is different from mine. That's why they that compare themselves with themselves, they are not wise. His grace is nestled in His will. When When you access God's or estimate God's goodness in your life based on what is doing in someone else's life, that's why relative thanksgiving for me is not okay. Because if you have to thank God because of what, what He has not done for somebody else, something is wrong with us. Adam did not have that luxury, but he thanked God all the same. There's no human being to compare. But thanksgiving was going to God. If I have to praise God because of what I have that others don't have, I've not gotten to the understanding of what it means to thank God. I have no clue yet what this work with God is about. If my celebration is because of someone else's pain, I don't understand God yet. Because if I understand, can you imagine if you are thanking God and you are in the same house? with Joe, Joseph and you and Joe were in Potiphar's house and you are saying Lord thank you because I'm not a slave can you imagine thanking God say because I'm not a slave and why are you saying so because you now see someone who came from a very rich home that is now say Lord thank you because my story is not so that is cheap but little did they know that the slave is going through the process of becoming prime minister. Why? So what happens when you become prime minister and you are still where you are? Because there is this subtle competition in our hearts. 
And you know, I came to Canada five years ago. God has been good. What's God has been good? You have two homes. Everybody in your family, including your dog, has a car. And that's what you call goodness. Not one person has been saved since the five years we've been here. And house is what you call goodness. I will show you people who serve the devil who have houses. Let's stand to pray. Holiness does not give you direction. Holiness gives you identity. You need more than holiness to have direction in life. Because I see a lot of Christians who are obedient to God, but things are not the way they should be. And I found that this is not enough to just obey God. Because you can obey God without being in the center of His will. Lord, what do you want from me? I might like tall guys, and he says you are going to marry a short husband. And people say, oh, God will always give me my desires. Don't, that scripture is not for you. No, no, it's truthfully. I think um, we can, we can get, go back to where we were. Mommy, <laughs> we can go back to where we were before now. <laughs> yes, ma. That scripture is not for you. Oh, no, you need to read what preceded it. Bible says, delight yourself. What does it mean to delight yourself in the Lord? That purely, see, it's the point where your own desire is now synchronized with that of God. That's when He will give you the desires of your heart. The desires of your, our heart, if God just answers the way it is, your wife will have died, your husband will have died. Some of you are even wishing now that I drop. It's not going to happen. <laughs> because I've told you the truth. It's not going to happen. But you see, that, you know, he's talking about those who have, who have no more desire and his own desire has become their desire. We're going to pray for 15 minutes. And I need us to pray. Before we pray corporately, I need you to have a personal time with God. Until we come repenting. Let me explain this because people don't talk about repentance anymore. Until we come repenting and saying, Lord, I've, I've thought wrong, acted wrong, done wrong. I, need, I want a change of life. I know where I am now is not where you want me to be. But Lord, I am committed to being who you want me to be. I've, I've handled your assignment lightly. Can you imagine? Someone tells me, Pastor, I don't have time to read my Bible. I said, but when you were doing your professional exams, you had time to study in spite of your busy schedule. What is your life about? You can deny yourself sleep to write an exam, but you cannot deny yourself sleep to spend time with the Holy Ghost in your Bible. And you want to become great in God.
God does not exist for us, ladies and gentlemen, in case you don't know. For those of you that are having uh, what kind of mentality? This uh, entitlement mentality. God owes us nothing. He owes us nothing. Why? He's given everything. Gave himself. I'm going to set you loose for five minutes. Your own personal time to pray. Respond to God based on what you have. You can leave your seat. This whole auditorium is ours this morning. But I need to pray and I can't say further than that. Go ahead and just spend your time with God. I must run time with God. Nobody's going to tell you what to pray. You heard his voice knocking again. Whatever you need to confess to him, confess to him, please. God is not like that. He's not Taliban that wants, he's more interested in judgment. No. His love exceeds all that. But brethren, whom he loves, he chastises. He wants you to be in a particular place. He created you to use you. He created you to do something that he might live his life through you on this earth. Lord, I've gotten it wrong many places, many times. I've even thought I'm doing your will when I felt this is what you would have done in such situations. So that's what I did. But Father, I now know differently. Forgive me for those times. The people I've hurt based on my decisions, some of the things I did. Lord, Lord, forgive me. Go through your repentance. The times when you have chosen career over his service. Times when you have, rather than showing the family steps to tap into, you are the reason why the kids don't want Jesus anymore. Say, Lord, I'm turning it around today. They see you drink and get drunk. I'm talking to somebody. Your kids see you get drunk and get drunk. And you expect that they won't go up being drunks. praying don't sing don't be praying I always wanted to be let me be changed let me be changed in your presence 